Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another Breaking Bad recap episode. We are getting very deep into season three. We are into the eighth episode of the third season. I see you. That's the words I and then C, like S E E and Y O U. This is in an episode of ER, like in the intensive care unit, just in case people are wondering. Um, not funny, Ben. Move on. First aired on the 9th of May, 2010. It's written by Jennifer Hutchinson. It was directed by Colin Buxey. And after the highs of last week, it's a bit of a slowdown this week. So I'll be interested to see how this turns out. Yo, 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 Ben Waterworth in the house and roll me further, bitch. Uh, and uh, my name is Nick, and my femur feels like a wet bag of gravel too. Nice. You should get that looked at. It's probably a... <laughs> it is such a weird expression, I have to say. A wet bag of gravel for your femur. Like, um, hmm. <laughs> no, I can't say I've ever felt my femur, but if I ever do feel my femur, I don't want it to feel like a wet bag of gravel. Um, Yeah, we had such an epic episode last week. Uh, you ranked it at number one. I ranked it at number three. And this one's a bit of a slowdown. I mean, it's not, again, I'm not trying to say this is a terrible episode. It's not. But, I mean, it's definitely a, a big change up from last week, Nick. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's one of those fallout type episodes. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, like Game of Thrones. Like, you know, Game of Thrones, at least for the first few seasons of that show, would kind of have like... Uh, 10 episode season the the epic big episode where everything happened was was always episode nine and then like the final episode of the season was always like the fallout and a bit of setup for next season you know and this is what this feels a little bit too it's like the kind of fallout from from the previous episode and um, you actually i think you might have hit on something maybe accidentally there that actually the episode title icu is also referring to the fact that they're in the icu as in like the hospital icu that is why it's called icu Nick. i try and be smart try you know. but i thought that's quite i thought it was quite clever it's certainly cleverer than ift from from oh, earlier on so don't even start. um yeah yeah um, is it, is it, it's yeah, kind no, of like I mean, it's kind of like uh britney spears if you see kami um you know like uh yeah because it makes sense if you seek amy and then you, yeah, okay, never mind, move on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> always any chance to reference Britney Spears in an episode of uh, the Oz Network. Hashtag free Britney, everyone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I feel like I keep talking about this episode like I hate this. I don't hate this episode. I just, it's just such a, a you know, after last week, it's, you know, this it's, it's like you listen to an episode of Rob Has a Podcast and you're like, wow, that's really good, fantastic, I love it. And then you listen to an episode of the Oz Network and you're like, Oh, well, there's a lot of talking in that, isn't there? Um, like that's, that's how I compare this episode to last week. So, anyway, um, Jesse, shirtless Jesse, 
Uh, have we ever seen the skull tattoo on his back before? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we have. I, I remember they um, talked about it in season two when he kind of had a few, you know, like scenes in bed with um, with Jane, and obviously because he doesn't actually have any tattoos, Aaron Paul, in, in real life, so these all had to be painted on. And he says, you know, like the ones on his on his arms have to get painted on basically for every scene that he shoots because you know his arms are on display basically all the time. But the ones on his chest and and that one on his back are, are less frequent, so he doesn't have to get them painted on all that often but yeah so that we have seen it before but it is something we don't see very often because we don't see jesse without a shirt on all that often yeah which you know it's a shame more shirtless jesse hashtag shirtless jesse um apparently <laughs> really worry for myself sometimes on this podcast um so he's getting dressed and he's basically about to get picked up we've got dick orderly here uh, who basically wheels him out. He's like, are you right here to get picked up? Yeah, I'm fine. Jesse goes to line up a smoke, and the orderly's just like, uh, sir, you've got to be like 10 metres away from the entrance. And like, fair enough. Jesse's like, well, roll me further, bitch. Like, it's not Jesse's fault. Like, this is where you parked him. Um, but an ambulance shows up, and I, I love excited Jesse here. Jesse's like, oh, cool, someone's getting brought in. Just a look on his face and he kind of wheels himself over to the ambulance to see, like, the the gore of this person in an ambulance. And uh, essentially, we see that it's Hank. Hank is uh, being brought in and uh, Jesse's kind of got this shocked look on his face. Skinny Pete comes and picks him up. Sorry, bro, I'm late. It's like, how you doing? And he's just like, actually, I'm great. Uh, (laughs) So... Um. Yeah, he's he's pretty happy that uh, dear old Hank has been beaten to abs, uh, shot to an absolute pulp. So, uh, hashtag justice for Jesse, right? Yeah, and I mean, it, it also is a little bit functional on that. It kind of sets up for us that um, Hank's still alive, you know. So that was obviously kind of the thing that we didn't know at the end of the the last episode is he'd been shot up pretty bad, and so um, yeah, I mean, I guess we we didn't know that, and um, now we do. Um, yeah, I also think it's quite cool because you kind of see Jesse at the start; he's like really concerned and like this look of shock on his face, and you know, and that, and then when Skinny Pete picks him up, he's kind of like suddenly he's like happy you know because i think you think when you watch the scene oh he's like really shocked and maybe it's going to change his outlook on this guy but no he's actually really happy about it um i love this thing in america i don't feel like it's maybe it's an aussie thing too of like wheeling people out of a hospital in a wheelchair even when they're not don't have a mobility issue it just feels like a thing that you do um i don't ever really feel like that's something that we do not that i spend a lot of time in hospitals in new zealand but i don't think that's something we do a lot of because you're tough motherfuckers over there. You're just like, nah, <laughs> yeah. nah man, we're just going to walk it off. Like, amputated amputated legs, fuck it, I'll walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spinal injury, fuck it, I'll walk. Like, you know, that's what makes you New Zealanders, Nick. You're tough. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I don't know. I Maybe it's just a, a policy, like a legal thing. I, I have no idea in case that they're more injured than they are or let's be safe. I have no idea. Um. We've got a sad scene now. It's the demise of Walt and Gail. It's lasted an episode and a half, but here it is. It's the end of their beautiful relationship. Um, and I love Walt's description here. It's like, you're like jazz and I'm classical music. There's nothing wrong with jazz, but it just doesn't fit with classical music. And poor Gail here is just uh, absolutely sad. And then we see Jesse come in. It's basically like, holy crap, look at this, man. Like, just going off. And then Gail's just like, I, I don't understand. Uh, and poor old Gail here just uh, shut down. And we've got, you know, skinhead Jesse basically coming in here. And he's like, sup, this is great. And you can even just see the shame in Walt's face as if to say like, oh, no. Because like, as you kind of alluded to last week, obviously it's it's more of a case of, 
Walt needs to keep Jesse close to him because he's afraid that he's going to go to the cops, so he's keeping him out of control. But I'm assuming that the point of this is is that Walt doesn't want to lose Gail, right? Like, it's just if, if things hadn't happened that way, Walt would be happy to work with Gail, or are we meant to believe that Walt legitimately, like, this is kind of two people who are very similar for just some reason Walt prefers kind of the more bro-ish type of dude rather than somebody like him? Look, I think probably it's a mix of the two. I think um, I think Walt did enjoy kind of working with Gail and they had kind of mutual respect, but I also like the fact that um, they kind of make it seem as well that kind of Walt wants to be working with Jesse because he has a, a feeling of superiority. He can he can kind of make, like, I, mean, I guess, kind of Gail's a peer, whereas Jesse is kind of a subordinate. And, and so I think, you know, Walt enjoys having having it over Jesse, I suppose, um, whereas he doesn't really with Gail quite as much. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of thing where it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, now, after this, uh, we have they, – they basically are starting to cook straight away, aren't they? Uh, kind of now? Like yeah, well, what, wants, Jesse, what like, wants to get to work? Yeah, what wants to get to work? And then that's where Jesse says, oh, can you get style coverage down here so you haven't spoken to anybody today? That's you know, right, so, yes. Of, yeah. So, so, yeah, Walt doesn't know about what's happening. And then you see Walt rushing to the hospital. We've got – I love random dick cop guy. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> and it's just like family. And he's just like, okay. Uh, like that easy. This this cop, well, think about it, You can't get past some cops. This guy's pretty easy. Um, this is also where we get the scene, isn't it, where we get the wet bag of gravel. Uh, we sort of get the surgery <laughs> scene, um, which, which, again, like, I don't know. Next time I ever feel a wet bag of gravel, am I just going to think of like a smushed up bone or something like that like yeah I, I have no idea um so it's a good descriptor i mean th- to be fair it is a good descriptor like it basically tells us that like this guy's legs are completely fucked you know like they've just been crushed to a pulp more or less so i think it, it is yeah it's an, it's an effective way of doing it. i love the kind of cutting those boots off because the boots have obviously been quite a big part of um the character of these cousins and um you know and and we're seeing kind of a major part of that costume being cut off this character, which I think is really interesting. Well, we find out a little bit more here that um, the the DA boss is explaining what happened, and so is Gomez. Um, that what? Yeah, one of the cousins is dead. The other ones are obviously severely wounded. Marie's on fire here. Great acting here by Betsy Brandt, basically going off at uh, Gomez and Mirkert for um, you know, this is where they admit that he doesn't have a gun, uh, and that you know he had to be suspended, that he had no choice. That's what Mirkert says, and then she basically blames Walt, saying that this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have bought pot from Jesse. Um, and then Skylar walks in, defends Walt, and uh, again Marie's just great here. Kind of Betsy Brandt's fantastic. We haven't really seen her. Really have like a an intense scene like this have we so um you know she 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 does so well here again apologies for me ever bagging out uh marie in previous episodes yeah she is great but um poor gomez i don't I, I, this feels this feels unnecessary like him getting thrown under the bus here i feel really sorry for the guy like he's been nothing but kind of supportive of hank and been you know chewed out by hank and and um you know kind of almost forced into into having to make a career decision to move on and um and now he's getting in the neck from marie so i do i do feel a bit sorry for gomez and he looks he looks very sad when he's getting kind of chewed out by her yeah no i agree poor hashtag justice for gomez all right, don't <laughs> yeah. Gomi's our homie. You don't need to um, bag him out uh, too much with that one. Um, so a lot of the DA agents now are donating blood. Um, we get Walt getting annoyed at a, a t- 
table leg, essentially, <laughs> being wobbly. A very, very, very Walt scene, though, that, isn't it? Like, you know, in the midst of this, like, really serious situation, he's finding, like, this tiny little thing that he can kind of fix, you know? It just feels like a very Walt kind of scene. Well, I do like on The Ringer, they sort of, in their explanation of where they've ranked this episode, I, I kind of like what they say here. They say, there's a moment in this episode when Walter is waiting for his family for news about Hank, who may or may not pull through after an attempt on his life. Walter's fledgling drunk operation is already going multinational at this point. The cartel is breathing down his neck, but in that waiting room, next to the people he's actually accountable to, where he can't escape into his work, he visibly squirms. There's a table leg, uh, a table with a short leg, he notices. So Walter takes a subscription card out of a magazine, folds it into a shim. He tries and tries again until the table stops wobbling because while everything else is out of his control, this he can fix. The tiny ways in which Gilligan builds out his principles, how he makes him feel human and alive, that's what make Breaking Bad sing. So um, that's a nice little explanation for a pretty simple scene, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I love Jesse. <laughs> just alone in the lab hello hello and he's just like walking around banging things he calls walt in the hospital to basically like where the hell are you like you know we need to do this and walt's essentially saying like like i can't leave like my family and i love when skylar shows up and um he's basically like yes reverend oh it's so nice of you to call um and then i love kind of when skylar like comes up and and walks just like oh do you know who that was skylar just kind of has this smirk on her face and uh walks off um and then we get uh poor marie again she's just not having a good episode she's got dirty dirty cutlery or as of course they call it in america silverware saying that basically this hospital is a death trap and uh, Walt Jr. and Skylar are basically saying they're just talking about water spots. Doesn't Walt Jr. say, like, you should see the ones at our house. Like, they're even worse. Um, and Marie's saying that, you know, this is a hospital. It should be clean. It's basically a death trap. And kind of a nice little moment where Walt basically is like, I survived this, you know, um, and I'm not half the man that your husband is. So basically saying that, you know, Hank's going to survive this. So, yeah, it's, I like that little moment where kind of Walt goes into this story about, you know, him wanting every single light not to be green. But, of course, that morning it was. And, yeah kind of his admiration i guess for hank yeah i mean i love that kind of scene where he's on the phone and he kind of says he kind of slips back into the you know trying to cover his tracks mode walt you know where he kind of says to skylar oh did you know who that was and she just looks at him like i don't care you know like i don't care what you're up to anymore um and it's kind of just like him like effortlessly kind of going back into just lying for the sake of lying um so yeah i, I really appreciate that um but yeah i do love that scene of, of him talking about the green lights because it starts off really kind of awkward like he's he's kind of talking about you know that they were going to take his guts out and all you know like it's just like it's too graphic and it's and you know he isn't pitching this conversation right and then it suddenly turns and he's actually delivering this really kind of like I just, the day that i wanted all the lights to be red so i could spend more time with my family they decided to go green and you know it's really cool like it's nicely delivered um and i love how it kind of like turns mid-story you know like it turns into a really sweet story from something that started out a bit awkward yeah, exactly. And it's kind of just like, you know, you talked about sort of these dialogue episodes and things like that. So this is obviously very dialogue heavy. Kind of nice to hear these sort of character building stories, I guess, um, that Walt can kind of bring into it there. So, yeah, it's, um, and I mean, one thing I'll say about this episode is that it is obviously fantastically acted. There's nothing bad when it comes to the uh, the acting in this episode. So uh, that's, I guess, you want to hope for that when you've just got a dialogue heavy episode, essentially, right? Mm yeah i would agree yeah we've got gus uh back in los polos Hermanos, and he's got a phone now from uh a phone call from juan bolsa 
and um, he's sort of complaining about his men being attacked and kind of I just I just love Gus kind of like you know not refusing to speak Spanish here he's just basically like keeps speaking uh, in English and uh, what, what uh, the subtitles is like what Spanish is not good enough for you anymore essentially um, and then I, I obviously one bolster here saying like you know my my the cousins would not have gone after a DA agent I told them not to like you know would, they wouldn't have done anything without my approval um, and that we're gonna have a delay in the shipment. Uh, and that he's essentially going to learn about the truth from the one surviving uh, cousin. So, uh, obviously, Gus is uh, knowing this. He's going to have to maybe uh, do something about that, right? So, uh, Mm -hmm. we're going to get to that in this episode. Um, Walt comes downstairs. Uh, No, Marie said you should go home. Wait, no, I'm jumping ahead here. This is where the doctor's basically saying that they don't know what's going to happen to Hank, right? Like, this is... um, they're, they're a bit... He's out of surgery, but they don't know uh, how he's going to be, right? Yeah, and it's going to be a few hours before he's in a state where they can actually visit him. So, so yeah, and basically this is where her family's saying, go home and get some rest, and she kind of says, I'm not going anywhere until I've seen my husband. Yeah, and so Walt, um, he volunteers to go home and get some things for Marie and, and the family, and as he's coming downstairs, I mean, God, Hank's clearly a popular guy because basically all of the D... I mean, if you want to deal drugs in Albuquerque, today's the day to do it because all of the DA yeah. are here at the local hospital making sure that, uh, you know, Hank's okay. But uh, you talk about, like, poor Gomi. Yeah, poor Gomi, but I, I love kind of dick Gomi here where he's basically talking about like oh the one son of a bitch is still alive like do you want to come and see him uh, so they're basically just standing at uh, one of the cousin's doors there kind of just staring at him you know like oh look at the son of a bitch and then this is where uh, the cousin sees Walt and this is the first time like you said last week about how they wanted there to have a scene of them coming face to face it's pretty gory here like he again doesn't say anything rips out his all his things we realise he's lost both of his legs and kind of dragging himself along the ground similar to what we saw at the opening of this season right Right when they're dragging along the ground, and we just see this trail of blood mm. leaking out from his stub legs, and I just love the facial reactions of like Gomez and the other ones you meet, kind of like going, "Huh?" Uh, and then the doctors come in and essentially p- uh, pick him up and put him back to bed. So it's pretty confronting to just kind of see that, isn't it? And then like you kind of expect this guy to like say something about Walt, but I mean, again, we know they're quiet, so uh, yeah, they're not really going to say anything. But yeah, a bit of a scary moment there for Walt. Yeah, no, it's a really good scene. I love this kind of second DEA agent that we've never met before who kind of looks like Terry Crews' nerdy brother. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like he kind of just turns up and has a few lines here. But yeah, I think it is really good. And I think it kind of does like it's not something i had thought about until you said it but yeah there's like lots of people there and you know we get lots of these kind of um hank leading a, a kind of team meeting scenes you know um and he's a bit of a dick but you know he's obviously got the respect and admiration of a lot of people in the dea and so there's lots of people there to to turn up to support him which i you know i really like that i think it's a nice touch that kind of realize that hank's a really well liked and respected guy and yeah i mean this this kind of scene where we see the cousin kind of you know and you've got to imagine he's a little bit kind of drugged out here and kind of has forgotten that he doesn't have any legs anymore or whatever and like he's i don't know what he thinks he's going to do by kind of crawling across the floor to get to to hank but yeah really cool kind of like um one of the few times that kind of cgi is really used on the show obviously where they've had to 
put some green stockings on the sky so that they can kind of CGI his legs out later on. But they also did a bit of morphine, from what I understand, with um, somebody who was actually an amputee um, to kind of help out with some of this as well. So, um, yeah, just some some quite clever work there. And, and, yeah, the kind of trail of blood, I think, really kind of sells the, the gruesomeness of this. But, yeah, we talked a little bit about at the end of last episode that there was a, a bit of a plan to have Mike kind of come in and um, drown this guy in a bucket of water at the end of the last episode. But they didn't because they wanted this kind of scene where the two of them have this kind of face-to-face interaction and it's, it's it's worth it from my opinion you know like i think this what you get here is just it's really creepy and um and really effective i like i know they've had the drawing of him and i know they were in his house so i guess you could argue they saw photos of him when they were in his house but like how do they actually know what he looks like outside of that because have they actually seen a photo of him or is it the case yeah. of we meant to believe this yeah i mean i guess probably there is potential there that they've obviously got that drawing but they got his name didn't they in the second episode from um from hector so potentially from there they've been able to find photographic evidence of him so potentially they do know who he is um yeah it's it's something that i think is um has happened off screen so we don't know it for sure but i think it's i think it's a it's not a, a, a major leap of logic that you could get there we uh, get from my favourite scene of the whole episode is Jesse bored in the lab. Uh, this, this is actually an exact scene of what I do when I'm waiting for Nick to show up each week to record these episodes. <laughs> um, and Jesse's just like driving around on his chair, he's spinning around. He's basically trying to stick his dick in a giant vacuum. Let's be honest, we'd all do that. Um, and I like it when he finally realises he can inflate his, um, his suit and he's kind of wobbling around going like, yeah. And then like at one point he's literally there singing to um, what, Fowl fallacies fallacies like it keeps on giving the the fallacy song i love it and i swear is this shaggy singing um in the no, background it's, um, the the shimmy shimmy yay song that's um i it's um i did a bit of a just a, you know like put my phone up to figure out the song and um it's by prince fatty but i think oh. it is one of those songs that has been kind of remade by a few people so it, it's quite possible that there's a shaggy version of the song it's, well it just sounds like shaggy like the shimmy shimmy girl shimmy girl like it just yeah, it yeah. sounds like shaggy so i'm like oh cool they're using shaggy in breaking bad but yeah uh obviously um shaggy and prince fatty often confused uh, I mean, Shaggy gets referred to as Prince Fatty all the time, right? Like, it's just... Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Um, Victor shows up and obviously gives him you know, fat, fat Jesse, fat inflated Jesse, um, and sort of asks what's going on. Jesse calls Walt about it and uh, Walt basically questions Jesse about, like, do you remember, like, you know, when we were there with Tuco in the desert? Like, he mentioned something about his cousins going on there. So, clearly, uh, Walt's kind of putting two and two together that this guy is one of these ones that's probably coming after him. But we're, we're hearing a little bit about the uh, deadline, of course, that is uh, approaching because they're obviously not cooking. Um, Walt brings his toiletries and talks about toothbrushes. And we get a nice little scene here where um, Hank uh, Walt gives a book to Walt Jr. And sort of he talks a little bit about this book that Hank suggested to him about the agents who caught Pablo Escobar. And he kind of makes that point about how everybody always remembers Pablo Escobar, but they never talk about the guys who caught him. So, I mean, a bit of foreshadowing here perhaps, or a bit of, you know, some uh, things going on here, trying to talk about, you know, somebody trying to catch Heisenberg, right? Mm, yeah, and no, I think it's really good, and um, it is a really good point. You know that um, we're we're really focused on the drug makers, but actually, I think I think we've done a pretty good job of giving Hank a lot of credit on the show as well to make sure that we're you know the the cops are getting are getting their due on the show as well. 
Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, it's kind of like slight tangent, but I guess you know where I'm going with this. Like I, I remember being in New Zealand, obviously, you know, when the, the Christchurch incident happened and basically the, the media in New Zealand all but came together and said, we will not name the shooter. Like they, they get enough attention as it is. So why are they the ones who get it? It's not about them. So like, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting kind of that that's sort of something that happens more in modern day now, isn't it? Like obviously Pablo Escobar, a very famous criminal. I mean, one of the most famous Australians of all time, Ned Kelly, was a bush ranger. Like, you know, I mean, kind of, and we, we celebrate this guy and he was a criminal. So it's kind of, it's it's interesting that it's kind of a, a point here that is sort of uh, made. Um, Gus rings Hank, uh, Gus rings Walt, I should say, um, and sort of questions him about what's going on. And uh, Walt essentially is saying that uh, you look, you know, we'll we'll make it up to next week. We'll have four hundred pounds to you by next week. You know, I promise you that. Uh, Walt goes and sees Gomi uh, to get some information, I guess, about the shooting and if there's more people coming along. And um, essentially, Gomi sort of says no. Um, and then we find out that uh, oh, the food's here. Get excited! Mm. It's time to eat some food. And, uh, oh, what a surprise. It's Los Polos Hermanos has been delivered. I, I love kind of how Gomez like, oh, do you like uh, Los Polos Hermanos? Oh, you know, occasionally. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Gus is a personal friend of the TA and he's coming here to deliver it personally. So it's all like, ooh. Um, and I actually kind of really like this scene where Gus is like sitting with Marie and Skylar and like the family and kind of just, you're like, this is such a badass move here from Gus, isn't it? Kind of just basically, you know, right here in front of Walt. In, in comes uh, Mr. DEA and is basically like thanking him and all this sort of stuff. And then even Gus flat out admits like, oh, actually, I've donated money to you. How are you doing, Walt? Like, holy crap. Like, just uh, just a ballsy move by him. And speaking of ballsy moves, uh, again, one of my other favourite scenes in this episode is essentially when you've got Gus and Walt having a meeting in front of everyone from the DEA, uh, basically, you know, talking about their criminal activities. And, um, you know, Walt saying, like, is this a message? Like, are you threatening me, essentially, like that? And I just love the way Gus handles this and he's just basically like, now shake my hand and smile and let me leave. Um, so, and, and the line that he says, when he says, I hide in plain sight like you do. Um, just, ah, oh, amazing. And of course, then Gus says that line, like, oh, it's doubtful that the other guy will survive. And yeah, we eventually are about to see that uh, the other cousin is about to die. So, and then we see Mike sort of subtly walk out a bit of a cameo yeah. there. So a few things that I've kind of lumped there together, but I mean, I, I mean, outside of Jesse making himself fat, I've got to say probably this scene with Gus and Walt literally having a meeting about their criminal enterprise in front of the entire DEA is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think um, there's a few cool things to think about there, you know, because obviously um, Gus is also making a point to Walt that Walt's just lied to him and basically gone, oh, we can't do it because, um, you know, Gail left the machines in a bad state and, and so that's kind of caused us to be behind. And and so immediately kind of the, the, the very next scene is kind of, um, you know, like Gus showing up and, and calling Walt's bullshit um, out in public. So kind of Walt's already on the back foot here immediately. And yeah, there's something really badass about kind of Gus turning up and supporting the DEA after he's the one that actually sent the cousins after after Hank, you know, like that is incredibly ballsy. Um, and but yeah, that line about I hide in plain sight is really, really important because you know. And he also says, you know, like I um, hide in plain sight and I support my community. You know, like that's 
that's a pretty crazy thing to say when it's like yeah you're also selling drugs to that community you know like it's um it, it's a little bit of like i mean i guess he's got really good self-awareness about you know in order to in order to pull off being who i am i have to make sure i pretend to be who people think i am or should be you know which is really which is really gangster and yeah obviously the kind of he's there to take attention away from mike right so while everybody's kind of focused on gus and getting this food mike's doing whatever he's doing in the background which is pretty gangster as well so yeah i mean this to me is is the best scene of the of the whole um of the whole episode yeah, no, 100% agree. It's just oh, so good. And again, just Gus, like, he's just so good. And Giancarlo Esposito, like, I just can't praise him enough just of how he just does this and just so nonchalant and calm and just, like, again, this massive evil prick that has just got the balls to, like, stand in front of the entire DEA here and just, like, you know, do this and just... Oh, it's so good. Um, he goes back to uh, Los Polos Hermanos and we get Bolsa calling up. And basically saying uh, that he's getting pressure from the government and that the uh, federales are there at his house. Um, and then Gus is kind of like, you know, what what would that bring me? Why would I do this, essentially? Um, and Balsa all but flat out says to Gus that you did this and I'm going to come and get you when this is all done. But the federales kill Balsa. Oh, rest in peace. What a, what a man. We loved him, didn't we? To which, again, we talk about badass bowler Gus moments, a little bit of a smirk on his face. And then I love the dramatic snap of the phone and puts it in the, uh, the bin and walks back off into the restaurant. So, um... Oh, didn't we love Juan Bolsa? What a one of our favourite characters on the show. <laughs> well, we don't get a lot of Gus smiling either. Like it is one of those things of like he is just like um, fairly emotionless, you know, at this point in the show anyway. You know, like we don't get a lot of emotion out of him. He's all business. And so, yeah, just to see that smirk, it's a, it's a lot of emotion for somebody like him to be showing. But yeah, we kind of, I think you talked to a couple of episodes ago when this Juan Bolsa turned up about, you know, like who is this guy? And, you know, now he's gone, you know, like that. that's it. But it's kind of just a nice little reminder that, you know, Gus is pretty gangster really you know like he's he's got people everywhere um and and he can deal to people whoever he wants to so yeah he's quantum we're everywhere you yeah. didn't even know we existed <laughs> did you <laughs> <laughs> um and so this episode is uh gonna end uh skylar's sort of uh they're all in the waiting room still waiting for hank uh, sort of Skylar's asleep on Walt. Walt kind of gives her a bit of a look like, oh, it's almost like oh, this is this is nice. And then our dear old doctor friend comes in to say that uh, Marie is allowed to come see Hank and Marie basically forces it on the doctor that everyone's coming to see her. We're all family. Um, and they all walk in and uh, Marie gives Hank a bit of a kiss and uh, holds his hand and that's the end of the episode basically. So it's kind of a bit of a not as dramatic and tense as the last episode to end on but a, a nice little moment we like to see this obviously Marie and again standout episode for Marie I feel like we need to praise Marie a lot more than we have I was really hoping that kind of Hank would like rise out of the bed in a Darth Vader suit and start yeah. breathing out, like, just, like the, what's the happened to Padme <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no <laughs> it is like really well framed the shot of kind of like they all walk into the and you know like Hank lying down and you you don't see his face at all like you just see this kind of body in a bed with like all these tubes hooked up to him and um yeah it, it, it's it, it's really well framed and I kind of just like how you kind of get like this um you know like the kind of the camera lingers on each of these four characters one by one you know Marie Skylar Walt Jr and then Walt and kind of just like looks at their reactions to seeing Hank and I think you kind of expect this is going to end with like this this you know kind of close up on on Hank with all these tubes sticking up, but it doesn't 
it kind of you know like it just ends on you know like her hand on his um which is i i think it's a clever way to kind of finish the episode but you know like not showing you everything um i think is is really quite powerful so yeah i, I do really like that and i think also the other thing to kind of note there is that obviously she puts her hand on his and it's the hand that you know like just an episode ago he was dusting up um due to you know beating the shit out of jesse so you know immediately it's just kind of showing how things uh, how quickly things can change Interesting. That's a that's a good way. Well done. Look at you, Mister Smarty Pants. I can't even think that far ahead. Reading some of the uh, the trivia here, you you got it spot on before about the episode as tight as a play on words. Uh, as both Hank and surviving cousin are both rushed to the ICU. Title also alludes to the scene in which the surviving cousin stares down, i.e., sees Heisenberg as he drags himself towards him when Walt accompanies Gomez to his room. Um, it mentions here about seeing fallacies, of course. Um, the the leg. Um, he's an interesting one. This isn't really a spoiler for Better Call Saul, but um, it's got it's implied in Better Call Saul that Mike may have taken some small pleasure from finishing finishing off Lanel, given Hector's use of the cousins to threaten Kaylee in the past. I don't remember that in Better Call Saul. So we get the cousins in Better Call Saul. Obviously, we must. Um, uh, the oh, Hank. This is interesting. Hank gives Walt Junior a book about the agents who caught Pablo Escobar. Brian Cranston would play one of those agents in the movie The Infiltrator. There you go. That's a nice yeah. little uh, little stat there. Um, and, yeah, sort of I mentioned before about the dragging in the beginning of this season with the cousins, Lionel, Lionel, whatever. First appearance um, is reminiscent of the very first appearance when he was crawling on his belly during the sacrificial procession in the dusty adobe-lined desert towards the drawing of Walt. Uh, so there you go. This is on track, Nick, to be our shortest ever episode. This is... We've, we've flown through this episode. Wow, I didn't think this... Um, I mean, it comes to the ratings. I'm going to let you go first because, um, yeah, you, you kind of, I feel, are a bit higher on this episode than I am. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um it is a little bit slower than I would have liked. Um, I, I would have liked us to kind of have kept up the momentum that we had. But I also think like the last episode was so momentous and we had, you know, this major character, you know, basically be at death's door that kind of slowing down and, and, and playing out what's happened to him also doesn't hurt either. So um, I, I, I certainly um, don't hate this episode and there's lots that I like about it I, I like that there's some quite clever writing in this episode I think there's some great acting scenes I mean we just don't get those kind of knockout acting scenes like we got last episode um, I mean it's a buy like it's it's definitely a buy like I like this episode um, it's an easy one to watch and um, I think you know like I, I also think that kind of we're closing the book on the twin on the cousins in this episode as well means that it's worth watching um, and I think kind of often I think about could you just skip this episode and there's very very few maybe only one episode in all of nip tuck that you can totally skip nip -tuck. but i do oh, nip tuck why do i keep saying nip tuck uh, breaking you really want to rewatch it don't you there, there are there are there are lots of episodes in nip tuck you can you can miss um <laughs> but um yeah there's only really one episode of breaking bad that you can skip entirely and we're not far from it um <laughs> Yeah, but I, like, so there is some stuff that I think is important to see in this episode. Um, and I think, you know, the cousins have been such a massive part of the season that, um, you know, seeing that conclude, I think, is, is really important. I think seeing the kind of um, the Gus stuff here, I think, is, is really important too. Um, so, yeah, I, I, is there kind of some superfluous stuff? Yeah, for sure. But uh, look, I do really enjoy it. So I'm buying this episode. It's not a high, like a super high buy. I've got this at 17. Um, so I've got it under underneath uh, four days out um, and just above um, Cabello Sinobre, which was the pizza episode. Um, so it's kind of in, in that 
that ballpark of like yeah it's it's a solid episode i enjoyed watching this um there's lots to like about it but it's not one that absolutely kind of blows my mind um but but definitely a good episode interesting wow we're definitely getting some discrepancies on our viewpoints now all of a sudden after being very close yeah i'm renting this one um it's i mean again like uh, there's a couple of good scenes in it that are good but like it's slow and it's again it's it's just i don't know overall like it's it's good to kind of have the ramifications from the week before but it's it's definitely one of these episodes that i'm not going to go out of my way to just put on and watch like it's you know i mean i would almost go out to limb and say like it, it kind of can get forgotten about sometimes just because yeah, I mean, the Gus and Walt scene outside of that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, and I feel bad, like, saying that because, like, I think Marie's so good, Betsy Brandt's so good in this episode. It's probably her best episode. But, um, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's it's not, nothing outstanding. So, it's a rent by me. And I've actually got this as third last. I have this 26 out of 28 right now. So, I've got it just below Cancer Man and just above Over. So, um, yeah, very different opinion on this one, Nick. So how many rents have you got now? You're up to about six. Three, seven. I'm on seven, seven rents right. now. So and the right. major. This is my third rent from this season. So um, yeah, I had three overall from last season. So uh, yeah, have you? And you're only on, still only on two, are you? Three, three. So three. I've had one from each season so far. Yeah. Right. Okay. There you go. Um, Interesting, interesting times. Next week, uh, Kafkaesque, is that how you say it? Um, yeah, I think. Anyway, um, so we have um, Jesse doing some side work, basically, which is a storyline which I don't know. Does it go? I guess it kind of goes somewhere, doesn't it? Um, and, yeah, is next week the first time we meet a certain other character? that sort of kind of becomes important to Jesse, or am I jumping ahead? Um, pass. Do we meet her like. in... Maybe we meet her the week after. No, it's not the week yeah, after. It's definitely I'm not the week not after. Entirely. Maybe the week after the week after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of like a... Um, not not as important as Jane, but there is some interesting kind of stuff there that kind of um, is going to is going to play out later on. Um, but yeah, I think I'll, uh, be prepared for me to get annoyed with Jesse again next week. That's definitely going to happen again. Um, but yeah, I also just think kind of like just setting up. Like we haven't spent a lot of time in the lab, and I think this episode and the next episode we we're going to get into spending some time in the lab and and kind of seeing it kind of stretch its muscles a little bit, which I'm always excited to see. I think that's you know that's um, that's cool to see. I'm glad you're excited to see some things because next week we're not excited to see the return of two of our favourites. Ted's back and Jer Burns as group leader returns. <laughs> there he is, Jer Jer. Um, douchey, douche, douche group guy who, let's be honest, I still like more than Ted. Um, so who doesn't? Who doesn't? That's all I can say. Um, in the meantime, remember to like us on all the channels. You hear about all that very, very shortly. And, of course, uh, 24 Lost, all of the fun things, movie recaps, and everything else in between because you're listening to the Oz Network and that's what you want to do more of. Uh, my name is Ben, and this podcast is absolutely filthy. And my name's Nick, and we were becoming a great team. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.